Hello, everyone, and welcome to the True Wealth Investors podcast, where we talk about real estate investing to increase your income, lifestyle, and impact. sharing the details of how to raise private money or what that process is like. So if you have ever wanted to have money to get into a deal and you didn't want to deal with a bank, we're going to talk about exactly how to do just that. And my experience, I bought my first 20 or 25 houses with private money completely. And it works great. It's beneficial to the investor. It's a great deal for them and it's beneficial to you as the real estate investor. So private money, exactly what private money is, it's money that doesn't come from a bank, traditional financing, it doesn't come from a hard money lender, which is basically a professional lender. Private money is money that you get from an individual who isn't a professional lender. It's somebody you know who has money and they're looking to get a return on that money. Usually they invest in the stock market, mutual funds, something of that nature, but you give them the opportunity to invest in real estate or at least invest in a note secured by real estate. Usually it's private money if you initiate that conversation and you inform them of how the process works. If when you talk to them, they give you the details of how it works and how you apply, I would say that person is a hard money lender. Usually the private money lender, you're explaining to them how you invest and what you offer. All right, so the documents you need, usually with private money, you're going to give a secured note to that investor. So a secured note is includes a note, which defines the payment, how much money was loaned, how it's going to be paid back, what happens if it's not paid on time, what happens in the event of a default. And that note just specifically explains how the loan will be paid back. It is attached to a mortgage deed. And the mortgage deed is what secures that note. So the mortgage deed is a lien on the real estate. So it lays out how much money was lent on that piece of property or how big the lien is, how much money is owed. And then it explains the responsibilities of the borrower. So the borrower has to take care of the property, um, has to maintain insurance, um, all of those things. Basically clearly identifies the responsibilities of the borrower so that the lender knows that the real estate that is securing their note is being taken care of. That is exactly what a bank has when they lend money to you to buy real estate. So anybody is familiar with buying their residence or buying their home to live in and they don't have enough cash for the full purchase price and so they get a loan from the bank to buy that property. The property stays in their name they make payments to the bank, and as long as they make their payments, everything is fine. 
But if they don't make their payments, then the bank has the right to take that piece of property. These are the same documents that a bank uses and the lender or private money investor has the same role. So when we buy property as the real estate investor, using private money and we give a secure, secured note to the private money investor, we own the property, the property is in our name, we make the payments as defined by the note to the private money lender or investor. And as long as they receive their payments, that's the relationship. If we default on our payments, they have the right to take that property. And that is a secured note. In the instance that you don't have that real estate to secure the investment, then the document you're gonna use is a promissory note. So with a promissory note, it is called an unsecured note in that there is no real estate that is security for the loan. It is only the person borrowing that is security for the loan. So if you as the borrower default in any way on that note, then the lender can take legal action and try to recoup their money from anything you own. So it covers everything in your name or uh, that you would own instead of just a piece of property. And so those are the two, doc, two forms of documents you would use. And really, in most instances, it's better to do a secured note with a note and a mortgage deed. So who would you talk to if you wanted to raise private money, if you were looking to buy real estate without that bank loan? And usually, the best first step is to talk to those people who are around you and are close to you. They know you, they know your character, they know what you're involved in. That's usually the first step. You're just going to talk to them, talk to anybody you know, explain what you're doing, explain what you're looking for, and you're looking for someone who has some amount of money um, it depends on your deal, how much you need. And they have it in a retirement account um, that they're not really investing or they have it um, in an investment account and they don't have it invested right now. Maybe it's in a stock, but they're worried about what the stock market's gonna do. Um, it could be they've changed jobs and they have an old 401k from their old job and you help them put it into a self-directed retirement account. Um, there really is not a tiny niche of who would be a private money investor. So there's going to be a lot of people that fit the criteria and you just need to get out there and talk to people and explain what you're doing and find the person who is looking for this opportunity. There are plenty of people who have a 401k from an old job or an IRA that they're not happy with or money um, either in the stock market that they're worried about or it's out of the stock market sitting in cash. And any of those people are looking for an opportunity to have a steady return on their investment and have that principal secured by real estate. Um, there are three main ways to structure your note right? The note defines how you're going to repay this money that you as the investor have borrowed. So 
me as a real estate investor, I'm borrowing money from a private money lender, and I can structure that note in many different ways. So the obvious typical way to structure a note is amortized. So anytime we um, get a loan from a bank on our personal residence, or I shouldn't say anytime, but most of the time it is an amortized payment. So that if that is a 30 year loan, you're going to pay interest and principal over those 30 years and eventually that loan will pay off. So the each payment, the amount of interest and principal changes, but over time you'll pay off the total balance. And we can structure it that way. So if the lender we're talking to or the private money investor we're talking to wants monthly cash flow to live off of, then we'll give them an amortized payment and over 10 years or 15 years or 20 years or however we want to structure it with them, whatever fits their needs, we will pay off the balance of the loan. So that's a straightforward figure. You can get apps that will tell you what an amortized payment is for a certain loan amount uh, for a set number of years at a set interest rate. You can buy amortization books that break it down. Um, that information is readily available. It's on a lot of bank websites too. Another way you can structure the payments is interest only. If, if the private money investor has this money, if the money they're investing is from a retirement account, a lot of times they can't use the money anyway. And so it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to have an amortized payment. So we can structure it so they get an interest only payment. So the principal of the loan stays uh, on the house, stays in the loan, and the, the profits or the interest from that loan they receive each month. You could structure it each quarter too. Really, there is flexibility, complete flexibility. But generally, I do it monthly. So there's no, uh, any investor knows that they're, they're receiving whatever their proceeds are supposed to be every month. And interest only, you know, it's good for the investor if it's in a retirement account because they continue to get the return on all of the principal they've invested or loaned. But it's also good for us because it makes our cash flow higher. So we don't get that principal pay down or equity buildup over time. But if our concern in the short term is cash flow, then we can set it up so it's an interest only payment and we get to keep more of that cash flow each month. It's good to have flexibility. Third way we can structure a note is to have no payment. And usually this is short term, let's say for the example, one year, if we're gonna buy a house and it takes work and we're not gonna get any income from that house for six months and then we're gonna refinance it, rent it, put it up for sale, whatever it is, a lot of times it's it's difficult to make that monthly payment each month while it's sitting empty or you're doing a rehab. So there are times when it's really nice to structure that note without any payments and just have one balloon payment at the end of a year that covers the principal and interest. So those are three main ways you can structure the note. And really it is whatever you work out with that private money investor, whatever fits their investment needs and fits your business needs. You can structure it any of those three ways, amortized where the payment is principal and interest and pays off over time. 
interest only, where they receive the proceeds of their investment and you receive more of the monthly cash flow or no payment or balloon payment where there's no payment during the loan and all of the proceeds are paid back with the principal at the end of the loan. You can do it any of those three ways. The only real hindrance with the no payment is that you need to buy the property cheap enough that there is room in the equity for that interest that you're accruing and not paying out. And you want it to be short term. So you don't want that interest to just accrue indefinitely or over five to 10 years, because then you're going to be underwater on that property, which is bad for you and very bad for that private money investor, because they want security in the real estate. And if you are underwater, you owe, you owe them more money than the real estate is worth. Then really uh, that security is no longer there for them. So let's go through a, just a few potential deals, how you can use private money to structure your deals. One uh, simple one would be that you talk to private money investors, see how much money they have that they're interested in investing. You go out, you sign a contract to purchase a house. Then you talk to your private money investor and sign, get the documents laid out with them and you use their investment to purchase the house. Usually this would be with a rental where you have an amortized payment and that private money investor is just like a bank. That whole structure is just like purchasing a house with a bank, except you don't have the application process and the underwriting process and the bank fees and the points and whatever else is involved with a bank. So that's one simple way. Um, if you were interested in flipping, you can purchase a house and structure that note with no payments so that while you're doing the rehab, you don't have any payments. You can just focus on that rehab. And then at the sale, you pay out the principal of the loan plus all of the interest over the time you use the loan. So that's a great way. It flips should be short term. The investor knows that and um, they understand that you'll be getting the proceeds of that sale back and it's a great way to structure a deal for a flip. If you're doing the Burr method, um, where you're gonna buy it, rehab it, rent it, and refinance it, then a couple of ways um, I like to do it are that you uh, purchase that money or purchase that property with private money investor and you do no payment while you're doing the rehab, just similar to our flip example. So you're going to rehab it. You're going to rent it out. That val property value goes up because it is now a retail property. And then you're going to refinance it through another private money investor. You get a loan, let's say 80% loan to value and the money from that New investment, you pay off the original loan and all of the interest that accrued while you were working on the property. That second loan is going to be amortized just like a bank loan. And so that is long-term financing. You don't need to do anything else with it. Um, that's a great way to build equity with that Burr model, build cash flow because you continue to hold the property. And uh, sometimes you can 
make profit on that refinance as well if you can get the property and rehab it uh, cheap enough. And another basic way would be to do to buy a rental. Maybe you've bought it all cash or maybe you've owned it a long time and you've paid the mortgage off. You can offer what we would call refinancing or cash out refinance. You would give that note to a private money investor and they would put a new mortgage on the property and you can structure that interest only if they're in a retirement account. You continue to get good cash flow from the property because it's an interest only payment, but you were able to pull out a good chunk of that equity to go buy another property. So those are uh, four great examples for ways to use private money to purchase properties initially or to leverage your current properties, current holdings to go buy more properties or also to buy a flip and get some quick cash. So it's very applicable no matter what stage you're in in the business or what your goals are. Private money is a great tool for you to build your business, have flexibility in how you borrow and also serve those that are close to you. Give them an opportunity to invest in real estate. Give them an opportunity to get a good return on their investment and have a secure investment or an investment secured by real property. So I hope that helps. If you have questions, go ahead and send them to me through our website. I'd love to hear your questions. I'll answer them or respond in email. If you enjoyed this information, please let me know. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the True Wealth Investors podcast. Visit us at truewealthinvestors.com to find archived episodes with show notes and links mentioned in each episode. Be sure to click the subscribe button today and leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to share how the show is helping you along your real estate investing journey.